welcome to the Forbes India Cover Story podcast series in association with theindicast.com. My name is Abhishek and this issue's package is about why India is reigning unicorns, especially in the recent past. A unicorn, as most of us are aware, is a company with a valuation of 1 billion or more and has yet not been listed on the stock exchange. In uh, four days in April alone, to give you a perspective, India spawned six unicorns. That's compared with eight in the whole of last year. The question that Rajiv Singh, the author of the cover story package asks is, can they keep galloping? He's with me on the other line to talk about his package. Hey, Rajiv, nice to have you back as always. Hey, Abhishek, how are you? Great, I'm very great well. talking to you. Great, thank you. I'm very well, Rajiv. What explains this run? Your article also talks about how in 2016, India had five unicorns. And there is at least one report from Credit Suisse uh, saying that there are about 100 of them today. What explains this run? Unicorns are not only running in India. So globally, if you see, it's, they are running everywhere. In, in US, if you look at the numbers, in 2021, already 173 unicorns and the numbers are increasing by every day, every week and month. In India, so far this year, 26. If you look at, if you compare the numbers, and if, you, if I put things in perspective, 2011 was the year when India got its first unicorn. Look at 2021, we have 26. So we were talking to VCs and other analysts, uh, analyzing mm-hmm. why, what explains this phenomenon in India. There are a couple of reasons behind it. First, definitely, is that uh, there is glut of money. There right. is excess money in the ecosystem. That explains why some of the startups, or most of the startups are being valued more. The second is startup ecosystem is maturing in India. If you look at the performance of some of the startups of, of the batch of 2021, mm-hmm. they have performed phenomenally well in terms of revenues, in terms of less cash burn. So that explains that the fundamentals of the business are getting sorted. And the third reason why you are seeing so many unicorns is that pandemic has given a massive boost to the digital ecosystem. Everybody is online, whether it's B2C, whether it's B2B, every, everything has gone digital. So it has hastened the pace. Right. And, and you also said, uh, Rajiv, that this is not an aberration when you look at it from the global standpoint, where uh, in the US, last year, the US had uh, you know 83 unicorns. And this year, as you said, the figure is 173. It, it's twice as much in just eight months. Pandemic overall has helped hasten this pro- uh, process, uh, is it? It has given a massive boost to, you know, people are, have gone digital. Hmm. So there is a market. Now, now, otherwise, you know, these guys would have taken years to push people to go online. Just right. let me give an example of EdTech. Mm-hmm. Why EdTech is the flavor of the season? Had, had it not been pandemic, had it not been lockdown, people would not have started studying from home. Schools were shut down. Everything went mobile. You know, it's, it's only a function of pandemic hmm. which gave a boost to the entire digital process. That's why you see so many unicorns in that tech. Baiju's is a unicorn. Unacademy is a unicorn. Eruditus is the latest unicorn. Upgrad is a unicorn. It's rare, rare to find so many unicorns in one segment. And it's emerging largely because you know, there is a product market fit. If you right. remove that, it would have definitely they would have reached that stage, but, but that would have taken long. It would not have happened overnight. And unlike uh, the mid-2000s or unlike five or seven years ago, where the boom was usually in e-commerce and the number of players had risen disproportionately, which are some of the segments where you see these uh, unicorns budding? You know, if you look at B2C, definitely EdTech is one of the segments. Mm -hmm. FinTech definitely again comes the second one. A unique thing about the batch of 2021 unicorn, if if you look at the breakup, most of the unicorns are either from B2B segment 
or a SaaS companies, which is again phenomenal because if you look, the fundamentals of most of these companies are intact. They don't need too much of money. They don't burn cash as much as compared to the B2C counterparts. Mm. So the unit economics is in place. And if all VCs and other guys who are putting money behind them, backing them, they see a value in it because long-term, these are the guys who are going to be winner. These are the guys who, who care about the bottom line as well. It's not only you know buying consumers. It's also about keeping a firm eyes on what is happening to the profit of the company. Are you on the path to profitability or not? Mm. Some of them are profitable and most of them who are not, they are doing it deliberate because they are putting that money for expanding. Otherwise, right. any time they can turn profitable, all these B2B and SaaS companies. So that's a unique thing. You can't say that, you know, most of the unicorns this year is only a function of, you know, easy capital. It's, right. it's a good, good business model that they have. One of the founders that you spoke with of MindTickle, which is a sales enablement uh, software online, where he talks about how the common sentiment is that, to quote him, every Tom, Dick and Harry is becoming a unicorn. But uh, he says that isn't right. It just so happens that the timing is such in that he offers an analogy of a startup being like a bamboo where you, you can't see that the bamboo shoots are indeed growing up to a point and then suddenly they grow disproportionately. So it, it has taken a while for all of these to get there. And it just so happens that these are sprouting all at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Because see, when I spoke to this guy, he's first explaining how, how the people react to it. To an outsider, it might look like every Tom, Dick and Harry is becoming unicorn. And, and you can't blame them because when they're suddenly there are so many, you are justified in thinking like that. But if you look at the year when most of these unicorns started their, their venture, some are seven years old, some are 10 years old, some are nine years old. So they have been in the business. It's not that they were started two years back or one year back and suddenly they became unicorn. So they have been slowly and steadily building their businesses, expanding right. the, the operation, fine-tuning the entire business model. And now when there is a market for it and everything is falling in place, they've got the right kind of valuation. Some valuation, definitely VCs are also conceding. Some of them might be overvalued. Mm -hmm. There is no, no doubt about that. But again, that doesn't take away from what most of the guys have built. It reminds me of one, uh, Eddie Cantor, he was an American comedian who said that it takes 20 years to become an overnight success. So it's, uh, it's <laughs> on the other hand, uh, Rajiv, and you, you allude to this in your story is that when a company gets a sudden surge of investments from VCs, it also sees a proportionate rise in valuations. Now, what about those companies who would get that without having done the hard yards? Is there a risk of lack of preparation, uh, for example, when you get promoted too soon in a higher class, you miss those lessons thinking that you are intellig intelligent enough to cope up. But uh, are there some lessons which they must not have learned along the way, which may have helped them had they gone slow? Or am I just being the Luddite who, who doesn't, who's a disbeliever? No, 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 you're bang on. It's always good to have a, you know, some sense of skepticism to whatever we are witnessing. For example, mm. look at how Indian team performed in England. Mm. In second test, people were going gaga that uh, we have the best batting lineup in the world. In mm. third test, all out 78 in the first innings. So it's mm. always good to have that sense of skepticism and question. What is happening? Are mm. we sorted? Are we sound? So coming, coming back to unicorns, definitely just because all of them are unicorn doesn't mean that all of them would be successful in the long run. Some of them will die. Definitely some of them will die. 
biggest fear that I see, Abhishek, is if you are a startup which is valued at 400 million and now suddenly you are valued over 1 billion. Hmm. So the journey from 400 million to 1 billion otherwise, which otherwise you would have learned so many things during the journey. You certainly skip that. And when you don't realize that you have skipped some valuable lessons, then in the long term, that might come to haunt you. If you're not smart enough to do some self kind of learning, if you don't have right mentors, if you don't have right people on the board, and if you don't have right guys who at the right time make you realize, hey guys, just because you have become unicorn doesn't mean it's an end in itself. What is a unicorn? A unicorn is just a valuation. Right. You have to perform. So 1 billion valuation is, is not as big as 1 billion revenue. Mm. And some of some of the unicorn guys now realize and, and they're sorted. They say that they value this tag less than this achievement of being a profitable unicorn, that they're, they're making money or their revenue is 1 billion. That is a right. bigger achievement than 1 billion valuation. There are profitable unicorns and which is an interesting thing to happen because earlier we never used to have profitable unicorns. You know how startup ecosystem is also maturing because earlier the narrative was only GMV. Nobody used to ask about, hey, how, how much are you burning? Hmm. Or will you keep continuing with that burn? So burn was happening at the cost of everything. I'm not saying most of the guys are not burning now, but again, they realize that somewhere down the line, they will have to think about unit economics. They will have to think about turning profitable because the guys who are backing them, who are putting the money in them, they also need this. Look at Zomato, got listed. It will take a couple of years for these guys to turn profitable and, and to stop bleed. I'm pretty sure that people who have, who have bought the story of Zomato realize this. It's overnight Zomato can't turn profitable. Right. That's okay. That's how Indian entire in investing ecosystem is also changing and the mindset is changing. Earlier companies, only profit-making companies used to get listed. Now companies who are in loss also are getting listed. And people who are buying the narrative of these companies realize that they need time. Hmm. But they also realize that all of them can't become Amazon overnight. You know, because, so because, because most Amazon of these guys itself have, did not become Amazon overnight. I know, and all of right. them do. You talk to all these guys, and most of them have this aspiration of becoming an Amazon. But hmm. what they forget, what they don't want to understand, is Amazon has multiple engines that fires together. Amazon is not one engine phenomenon. You've got so many divisions that brings in revenue. Similarly, if you want, if you have that kind of aspiration, and if you want that kind of value going ahead, then you need to build multiple engines of growth. Zomato now getting into grocery is one such example. Hmm. Why it needs to add multiple engines? Because delivery alone can't take you ahead. Who are some of the unicorns, Rajiv, that caught your attention? We may not have time to dig into each one of them, but very briefly, uh, you've covered off-business, eruditis, uh, mind tickle, a little bit about uh, these that impressed you and what makes them different? Eruditis is phenomenal, uh, Abhi. If you look at, you know, this guy came from behind. Nobody gave this guy a chance, boss. When people are talking about EdTech, mm. it's only Baiju, it's only Unacademy, it's the other guys. Right. And, and these guys are not into K-12. That's why they haven't hogged the limelight because the general perception of EdTech is only K-12 school. They started as an offline venture. It was not online and nobody understood the business model. That was the, and for five years, this guy stayed bootstrapped collaborated with Harvard and NCAD and all those big business schools to begin with. It stayed bootstrapped, made money for five years. And when it finally decided to go online, that's when he needed money. And, and you know the reaction of most of the VCs he approached. When Ashwin approached and Ashwin's team approached most of the VCs for funding, the first question was, you know, are you a promoter or are you an entrepreneur? 
because for you guys you haven't you haven't taken a vc money you still have 100% ownership of the company you must be joking man you have, you ought to be an, a promoter you can't be an entrepreneur and and then this guy was only looking for 8 million in funding 1 million he already got some time back now he was looking for 8 million in series a and then right. he didn't get investment banker because mm. investment banker told him that 8 million is too small one of the big vc funds rejected the offer saying that they write big checks they didn't see any merit in the business model what erwitters were building at that time but look at where the company is now look at the revenue the way they have grown and yes uh, these entrepreneurs do have colorful stories you also talk about uh, ashish uh, mohapatra who rejected some 73 times before he founded off business or he found someone to put money in in it which integrates finance and commerce now a first as such in the industry isn't it abhi this is so common with all these b2b most of the b2b ventures people you know usually don't understand how they work so these guys you know end up getting rejected multiple times before finally they find somebody who believes in the vision and and what these guys are creating and building and and that's why i'm saying most of the guys if you look at the batch of 2021 they they have failed multiple times they have pivoted multiple times they have seen rejection so it's not that it has been a dream run for them it's not a cake walk for them there is uber and there is ola so it's easy for guys to back Correct. a venture which looks like uber but if there is somebody that doesn't look like uber you would try to look at that reference point either in china or us that mindset also is is changing among vcs over the last few years vcs now are more eager to back you know original ventures or ventures who are building and solving india specific problems so that right. era i think is fast coming to an end when they are looking for parallels it used to happen i'm not saying it's not happening altogether mm-hmm. but definitely there are takers even for ventures that that don't have parallel exciting times ahead and we look forward to reading those in forbes india from you rajiv uh, in the interest of time time to wrap this one up but thank you very much thanks a lot abhishek great talking to you thank you as always uh, talking to you to rajiv and all you listeners you can get this podcast on forbesindia.com on itunes spotify stitcher and any of the podcasting apps that you use to consume your content and to have someone call you for a forbes india subscription message forbes to 51818